It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. It's time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. I'm Brother L. D. Azobra, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Count Time Podcast. And this is what we say. This is what Martin Luther King said. Oh, and I went to school with Martin Luther King. Oh, no, oh, no, you, no, no don't, don't be telling that now. We, you gotta we, tell the truth. Oh, honest to God, he was at Boston University working on his doctorate when I was in undergraduate school. And that was in the 50s, when the, when the, in the early 50s, when the civil rights movement was really hot. This was before he went back home to Atlanta to lead the Montgomery bus boycott. But back then, all the black students knew each other from Boston College, Boston University, MIT, Harvard, all as we all knew each other through fraternities and sororities and through the black network. You know, we know people who know people who know people. And so when, when a, a black minister had to be out of town, he'd invite Martin to speak because Martin was already an ordained minister when he was working on his doctorate. So when we found out uh, you know, Martin was out. We, we were talking about what was going to happen after, after the Supreme Court decision. You know, change is coming, change is coming. And so Martin would be the uh, speak at a black church in Roxbury, which is the black part of Boston. We'd go in the dormitory, Martin speaking tomorrow at such and such a church, at Columbus Baptist Church. So he, go, he was a great speaker. Oh, God. Natural talent. He would. I'm telling you, he, one, it was Women's Day, and I remember this sermon so well. He said, woman is a great institution. And he kept talking about all of our assets, how we were brave and loving and smart, all the things that we really are. And I, oh, I was already into the black faith, but, but that's when the women's thing really clicked with me. You know, say yes, we are. We are all of that. Mm -hmm. So before that, women, he he brought that to your that, yeah to, 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 to my your, your consciousness. That's right. Mm -hmm. you, you, I'm a woman, but I'm I'm all this. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so you know, he he just gave me that. But you know, we 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 would see each other all the time because you know Dutch was in the movement. You know, we'd see him at. I would go to conferences with Dutch, and he dated my best friend, but the. Let me tell you, Martin, back in the 1950, 51, 52, had a car. Ain't nobody had a car back in those days. And any girl would give her anything to date Martin, so you wouldn't have to walk through the snow to go to the subway to go to the movies. So he had, he had an advantage over everybody. Oh, yeah. So but he, he dated my best friend, Jean, and we still in touch, you know. And so but Jean still living there? Huh? Yeah, Jean, Jean uh, lives in Charlotte, and we visit each other. You know, we old, we can't visit no more, but we talk on the phone. <laughs> but tell Jean, I might want to interview her about that <laughs> But uh, in fact, she wrote Martin a letter, and it's in his papers, because uh, this guy collected all of uh, uh, Martin's papers. 
you know what papers are when you put them in archives. I put yeah. my little papers in archives too. <laughs> <laughs> I know you put them in office there. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I my husband's papers are there, my papers are there, Mark's papers your, are there. Your little papers? <laughs> yeah, my little papers. But, but guess what? <laughs> they, they got a grant to process my papers. So they must have thought there was value to it. Yeah, value to it. So guess what? So I'm being honored by an international organization and they wanted 20 pictures. Well, all that burned up in the fire. So Jacques is going to Amistad, to Xavier, to all the archives and finding okay. pictures. He would take the pictures with his phone, you know, and he knows what I've been involved in. So. He, he, he find like in Louisiana Weekly, would write everything. I mean, that's, that's the history of black people in New Orleans, for in Louisiana Weekly. He found pictures and he found stories and all of that. So he's put all of that together, so he's gonna send it to them. Because no. when, when they do the presentation, it's the national, international conference is in Las Vegas. I don't know who wants to go there. But anyhow, that's where it is. Well, you had to go receive your award, didn't you? Yeah. But people like Margaret Thatcher, the president and the prime minister of England, she entertained us at the uh, British Embassy in Washington, D.C. And, you know, she talked to us and uh, these, these women are from all over the world. They're presidents of countries. They, you know, they're in the government. They, they're presidents of Fortune 500 companies. I mean, I told I told Shock, I said, well, I ain't in that league. He said, yes, you are, mama. <laughs> yeah, you know, you passed them. You passed them. did different league. things, yeah. Uh-uh, uh, you passed them. You're in a whole other league. But Jack has put all of that together for me. So you literally lost all of your pictures. Every single one. I mean, your history, your family. That's right. Now, Dutch had given his papers to Amistad. So he had that. When he became mayor. And then his, pa- his papers from uh, when he was mayor are in the archives in the New Orleans Public Library. So Jacques went there too. And they don't, you can't take nothing out, but you can take a picture of it. So he's put all that together. God bless him, I don't think I could have done that. So that, that's your son, Jacques? Yeah, that's my son, I'm telling you, he's a smart, he's a smart cookie, I'm telling uh, But, but that, that was good, because he needed to go collect, collect some data mm-hmm. and pictures on your family. Cause and he found it. And so back in, um, after Dutch had been elected, there was a young black man, a musician, who was a concert pianist and he was trying to get nationally known. And he played at something, the Lynx had a little reception for me after Dutch was elected. And, they, and this guy, Moses Hogan, he performed on the piano. So I asked him, I said, would you help me put together programs, you know, I'm first lady and I will watch appropriate music. He said, of course. So we got to be good friends. He'd help me put all, you know, if I wanted symphonic music or if I wanted Negro spirituals. And, you know, he would have, he had his own uh, uh, choir that he took all over the world. That's how famous he was. He's the most famous arranger and performer of Negro spirituals in the country, oh, he was. You know, okay. he died. Oh, he was such a wonderful man. So he said, you know, he was he he played the symphony sometimes, and he said, you know, black people are not coming to the symphony 
I said, well, I know why. He said, I know you do. They don't identify with the music, number one. They've never heard the symphonic music. They've never been exposed to it. So I'm going to ask the symphony to each time they perform to do a gospel thing. So, yeah, to encourage black people to come. He said, but we can do more than this. He said, they are black composers. Now, I went to Xavier, so I know, you know, Xavier's got had a good uh, music department. They had put, put on an opera every year. Black composers, black symphonic performers on, on instruments. Uh, he said, the white people don't know that. I said, well, let's do something about it. <laughs> so he put that together and I got the community support and paid for the advertisement. We did it on black radio and all that to come to the symphony to hear compositions by Hale Smith, who was a black composer and you know. So we did that for five years and I didn't have a program. All that got burned up. So Jacques said, well, where is it? I said, well, let me call the symphony office and see if they have it in the archive. So I called the symphony office and they took my call. They said, well, our, we, all of our archives is at the Historic New Orleans Collection. So I have done some programs for the Historic New Orleans Collection. So I called my contact there and I said, I understand you have the symphony archives. I'm trying to find a program just to get a picture of it so that I can be part of my presentation. I could take a picture of it. We found it, Symphony in Black. Sybil Murray, our chairperson. So we got that. So for five years we did that. You know, just Moses and I. His influence with the symphony and my influence with the community. Mm -hmm. So that was so good. Oh, honey. So just to come across that information. And, and, and a black director, you know, I mean, to see, to see that just give you some pride, you know. And a black violinist mm -hmm. playing with the big symphony. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was something Moses and I did. He was, he was, he was, he died. How long have you been gone? Too soon. Too soon. He died shortly after that. Yeah, and before we could get his papers, and his parents didn't know about it, didn't trust us, you know. We said, well, we just want some of the programs that he did. Just a brilliant man who had Now, did you know, pride. like all of the, the big, like Louis Armstrong, you got a chance to meet all those people? No, or not him, because he they, came, he came. Mahalia Jackson. Oh, Mahalia Jackson, yeah, because I taught in her neighborhood. I taught up at McDonough 42, up in the Black I Pearl. 42. Huh? Black in, in the Black Pearl, up off Carrollton Avenue. Yeah, and that's where she came from. And she used to sing in the church right down the street from the school where I taught. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So when she died and they had her, her lay in, in municipal auditorium, I took my class to see it, because they knew her from the neighborhood, yeah. So I, 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 not all my children came, but I sent a note to the parents to say uh, I would like to take them. And uh, I would get somebody who had a van, who, was, who had insurance and so forth. 
so they could see Mahalia Jackson. I wanted her to remember her because a, she's a famous. As a, as a great. Gospel singer, yes. So we took him and we went to see her body, you know. And we, I, I talked about it before, how she, she, everybody knew her all over the country, you know. So it was a good experience yeah. for them. So you was also able to teach, give a history, historical lesson on this lady they, they, they that heard they, about. And that they saw in the neighborhood, they'd see in the church. She'd sing in the church that they went to, you know. So it had meaning to them, because the parents were anxious. They said, well, can I come? <laughs> I said, yeah, if you have your own transportation, because the van's not big enough to bring parents. So some of the parents did show up. So she was still living here at the time? She had died. Uh, now you mentioned <clears throat> Andrew Young. I, get, I had a chance to meet Andrew Young on several occasions, but particularly when I, I lived in Atlanta years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, he became the mayor of Atlanta. But his dad is from my hometown. Franklin. You get, how you know that? Because uh, my cousin's mother, who married my, my uncle, we used to go there every Easter to Franklin. Yeah, I know Franklin. They lived on... Uh, Let me see how good y'all are. Right, two blocks from Main Street. Right, right, right. 506 Adams Street. That's the address. I thought it was Willow Street. Adams. It was Adams. I think it's Adams, but no, anyhow. It's, no, it's Willow Street. The house is on Willow Street. Well, we went there. The name was Verdon. The last name was Verdon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that was her maternal grandfather and grandmother. So we would go every Easter. So, hold on. Her maternal grandfather was a Verdon. Yeah, a Verdon. V-E-R-D-U-N. They were still living in Franklin? Oh, yeah. And we, would, we would go... We'd bundle up in their house, yeah. And we would go out to Verdonville. You know where Verdonville is? <laughs> yeah, I do where Verdonville is. Yeah. That's, uh -huh. where, that's where all your people at. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's <laughs> the, where. The lights get people at Verdonville. Uh, right, that's where Uncle, that's where Grandpa Verdon came from. So we used to go out and visit him out in Verdonville. Now, now I, I, I got to get some history because I, I, I've called Mr. Young a couple of times. I have not gotten him on the phone. Because I wanted to find out more about his dad, because the, the house was donated to my brother-in-law years ago. And they, we wanted to restore the house and for historical significance, right? Because uh, he was not, was he born in, was Andrew born in Franklin? No, 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 he was born here. He his, born. his daddy went to dental school with my dad when my dad was at medical school. So evidently he had come here for college. Or maybe he went to Howard to college, yeah. But he was born, his dad was born. Born in Franklin. Franklin. And they, they, I think their people had a store, did they have a, they had something. They had a store across the street, that's mm. what thing. Now, what was his wife's name? Uh, Andrew's wife? Yeah, uh, no, no uh, uh, Dr. 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 Young's wife, yeah, the dentist, yeah, who grew up in Franklin. Daisy, Daisy Young. Oh, you that? That's my mama's good friend. That's why Andrew and I were so good friends. We grew up together, you know. Mm -hmm. okay. Andrew was like my brother. So y'all would hang out back then? Yeah, we would hang out. And all the family picnics he and Walter would be at. So we, we knew him real well, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm to get somebody to call you from Franklin because they're looking for the history because he, you know, he at the age now where he's not getting around as mm -hmm. much well. I know. He, he, uh, his knees are bad. He didn't right. get in his the wheelchair knees. most of the time. And right. guess what? Uh, he, uh, he got a. Uh, 
He, he, I said, well, Andrew, well, you, sh you should have got your knee. I had a knee replacement. He said, well, I put it off too long and I'm scared now. All my friends who went under deep anesthesia for surgery, which is what you would have to do for a knee replacement. Head come up. They're either dead or they demanded. I'd rather be crippled. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he told you? Yeah, he told me. Well, I, I mean, that is, so you used to go to Franklin to hang out in Franklin. Yeah, with the Verdans, yeah. Mm -hmm. now, you remember any other I didn't names? know Dr. Young then. I didn't know Dr. Young. And Dr. Young was friendly with my daddy, because they went, you know, dad was in med, med school, he was in dental so he, school So he was together. deceased at the time? Mm, no, that mm, no. was He was still here? Yeah. Oh, okay. My dad okay. went to medical school. Right. Dr. Young, Andrew's father, went to dental school at the same time. Yeah, so they were good friends. Now, it's a small world. It's a small world. Yeah, Andrew's to, like my brother. And for yeah. you to recall that, like it was yesterday, you used to mm -hmm. go hang out in Franklin. Yeah. Every, every Easter we went to Franklin, and we'd always make that little trip out to Vernville, because that was the kinfolks, you know. And this lady, every time we went out, she was nursing a new baby. She had 12 children. Every who, summer we went. Who was laid in Birdville? Mm-hmm. That, that was his mother, his auntie or something? Huh? Some kind of kid, cousin or something, you know, not, not, not close. That's but so I remember, so Dory and I, who was my cousin, we said, well, that's a little new baby. <laughs> <laughs> Every Next time, time we went, new baby. New baby, new baby. She's nursing a new baby, little toddler walking around. <laughs> yeah, we went out there all the time. We used to send clothes to them, you know, that that they had outgrown, you know. They they gave them things. Mm -hmm. No, did you know what was Andrew's dad's name? Andrew. Oh, Andrew. He was a okay. yeah. Uh -huh. Andrew's Andrew Jr. And the mom name was Daisy. Daisy. Now, she was Daisy Fuller, yeah. Fuller? That was her maiden name. Do you know where she was from? No, she was from here, I think. Mm. Now, who was named Verdon? Verdon was my mother's brother, Uncle Archie. We called him Pyran. He married Bona, who was from Franklin. Who yeah. was that? Bona. So that was, you know, my uncle's wife. Bona? My blood uncle's wife, yeah. What was Bona's last name? Verdon. So they, she was from Verdonville then? I, I, I don't know. Most of Verdon I'm sure, was I'm sure, I'm sure she was. She, yeah. was, she was light complexion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of them was from Verdonville, or Centerville, mm -hmm. somewhere in that area. But we did, so it must be because we, we went to Verdonville every time we went to Franklin to see the cousins. <laughs> yeah, okay then. But, yeah, but they lived in Franklin. They lived in Franklin on 506 Adams. Street. 506 Adams Street. Mm -hmm. And you know that? <laughs> I know that because I used to write Grandma Verdon to thank her for being so good to us when we came, when we went there. Now, now you gave me some good history. <laughs> so, all right, then I got to utilize this here because I got some guys. <clears throat> matter of fact, the mayor of Franklin, along with, uh, matter of fact, Tiger, they might be kidding you, the guy who's who's orchestrating this, they call his name is Tiger, and Tiger's last name is Verdon. Mm -hmm. He might not realize that might be his family. Mm -hmm. Might, it might. Because his last name is Verdon. But he orchestrated the whole process. What's, it, what's his first name? We call him, we, they call him Tiger. I can't remember Tiger's real oh. name. But his last name is Verdon. He mm -hmm. works for the mayor office, and they put, they, they, they're working to get in touch with, with Andrew Young to fly him up to do a, a dedication. But you know, they hadn't been able to accomplish that. So maybe you can help us with that then. Yeah. 
I can help you. I talk to Andrew on the phone all the time. So he's 90 what? He just had a big 90 birthday. Oh, he just made 90 himself. Then, uh -huh. okay. He sent me his big book, yeah. <laughs> a big book. I mean, they had a big blast for him, a big party. His pe people in Atlanta love Andrew, oh, they yeah. Do. They really do. Mm -hmm. He's done a great job. I mean, matter of fact, when I was up there, Maynard was the was Maynard, yeah. Had mm -hmm. just won a uh, mayor. Mm -hmm. and then I think he came back and ran again. But then Andrew ran. But Andrew was always very cool country boy, you know, mm -hmm. really friendly. Just, just, and, uh, yeah, he was, just, he's, he's like an old shoe. I mean, he's fun, <laughs> easy to be with. You know, he's just that kind of guy. He, they grew, he grew up in a congregational church. His mom and daddy were, like he said, his mama had the key to the church. <laughs> only, only the minister and his, his mama, mama had the key. The church. Yeah, right. And we, and I was, we grew up Catholic, so, but what, what Catholic church did, did y'all go to? We Catholic, uh, Corpus Christi, was in our neighborhood down in the Seventh Ward. But um, like the Congregation Church always had good parties. They would have an Easter egg hunt, you know. They would have, and when you they really sing. I mean, when you go to that church, oh, they sing every single person, you know. Just it just makes the rafters shake, you know, because they all, everybody's singing loud and clear. But they always, the, the, that church, for example, they used to come around to neighborhoods and, and sing carols at Christmas time. And we had a piano right there, which f floated to my front door during, during Katrina, which, which kept people from coming in the front door. <laughs> Served the purpose, huh? Yeah, so they would come every, Christmas Eve, Dr. Young, Dr. Young was a tenor, he had a beautiful voice. Osceola Blanchard was on the piano, it was called Osceola Five. Five men, tenor, a bass, a baritone, they come sing carols right there. We, we couldn't wait for them to come, we loved for them to come. They'd come here, they'd go to other, other places to sing on Christmas Eve, yeah. And they would just come walk the neighborhood? Well, no, they knew, we, we, oh, yeah. we knew them. And I'm sure they went to people they didn't know, but they made a point of coming to people they knew. And we, we, would, we would be waiting for them because we liked to listen to them. Y'all celebrate with them, huh? Mm -hmm. so, so, so congregation, the, con the cent Central Congregational Church, we thought was more fun than our church. Because <laughs> the Catholic Church boring, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Just tell the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, the I grew up in the Catholic Church, didn't mm -hmm. it? In fact, one day I fell asleep in the Catholic Church and hit my head. <laughs> well, let me tell you about my, oh God, let me tell you about my grandson. Julie uh, went to Our Lady, St. Mary the Angels, down in the Upper Ninth Ward one time, and they had a gospel choir sing loud, loud, loud. Matthew loved it. He said, well, the Mass is boring. This is good. So the other day, we went together to St. Uh, Jude, and they have a good choir, but there's a man with this beautiful, heavenly voice. I mean, it brought tears to my eye. So he, he said, Grandma, you're crying? I said, oh, it just moving so much. He said, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Your grandson said Oh, that man's voice was so gorgeous. Oh, natural. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't have a day's instruction. Just, just oh, say, yeah. God, yeah. So, you know, 
with we, this? We know our culture, yeah. And you, and you love your culture. I do, I do. You look forward to participating with something in your culture. Yes, I do. In fact, the challenge has enriched my, enriched my life of living in this, you know, hot pot all, all the time, you know. But I think it, it's enriched my children's life because they, they live in really important lives now in just the small ways that they do, all five of them. Mm -hmm. now, and being in a city like New Orleans, where there is nothing but African culture, mm -hmm. everywhere you look, mm -hmm. you can't even take it away. No, because, because yeah. our culture is so rich. <laughs> a lot of brave people. It just we we can adjust mm -hmm. to anything. That's right. They just pushed us back, pushed us down. But you know what? You know why? You know uh, uh, Donald Trump is is the devil himself. Oh, love. He, when he says make America great again, he means make America white again. And that's his people. Because in 2050, this country is going to be, the whites are going to be in the minority. And he's scared to death we're going to treat them the way they treated us. But that's, what, that's what makes, makes give, gets them excited. They, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to rule here. We're not going to let them. But they can't stop the process because in, in, the, in the Bible that they helped to put together, that they helped to write, it says the first shall be last. That's right. And the, the last, last shall be, be first. first. That's what they're scared of. But just when I think of the damage that Donald Trump has done to this country, Obama was brilliant and honest. He was a man of impeccable integrity. I mean, you know, if he was white, they would say he was the best, kind, best president since Abraham Lincoln, you know. Donald Trump is so evil. He hates everybody. I was just reading about what Hitler did in Europe and how he did it, and that's what's going on with Donald Trump. He's stirring up this hatred, mm -hmm. you know. But to me, the system of always used that divide and conquer. That's right. But Hitler was the one who came up with make this country great again. Mm -hmm. So he's using the theme from Hitler. Exactly. He's, he's, he was a terrible man. So now, now what other, because they, they had so many different uh, singers, composers, from like Joe King Oliver, mm -hmm. who some of them people. Well, uh, Kid Ory, who. Kid Ory, yeah, you talked about My, my great uncle, my, my grandmother's brother. And there's a museum. That was your grandmother brother. Yeah, I knew him. We call him Uncle Tut. In <laughs> fact, when we went to California, we stayed at his house. He said, oh, y'all want to stay in the hotel? I got a big house, y'all can stay with me. So that's how I got to know Uncle Dut really good. Uncle Dut. And, and, his, and his wife, and Dot. <laughs> Dut and Dot. Dut and Dot, yeah. So, you know, so when he came to New Orleans and we had a family reunion, at my uncle's house, I took my children. So they know Uncle Dutt. They were, they they were young. Kid yeah, Ori. Kid Ori. The Ori. last name was Ori. My, my, my grandmother was Nellie Ori. Now, His now, name was Kid Ori. Now, tell, now, tell some things that he did, he accomplished. Oh, he, he composed Muskrat Ramble. He, would, he played with Satchmo. You know, he played with his band. He, he had a big band that he would play in New Orleans and all up the river. You know, I think that's how, that's how Victor 
had got money to to, to buy land because I think he would have he would have Uncle Dud come and play. Uh, they would have a party and everybody would come. And he had to pay oh, to come, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. he so he collected a few dollars. Now where, where did uh, or where did he where did he live? At? They lived f f closer to New Orleans. They were not up around Vashery. They were closer to New Orleans and they were on the other side of the river. It was the Ori Plantation. Mm -hmm. That's how come they got the name Ori. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we knew Uncle Dirk. And my children met him when we had the family reunion. So he was still around at that mm -hmm. time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was an old man then, but, you know, we took him to the family reunion so they would know. So recently my family went to the museum that this guy has established with memorabilia from Uncle Dutt. What, what is museum is that? The museum, I can't tell you exactly. In fact, I had a picture of it in my, in my phone. Um, it's on the other side of the river. Uh, but this guy, you know. It's in, like around. It's closer to New Orleans than Wallace. If you called it, I would it's know. It's next to a church? It's part of a mm -hmm. church? No. It's a nice big house. I guess that was a white folks' house. And maybe when they died, he, got, he was living there, <laughs> whatever. I didn't get all that story, but that was, it's the Ori Museum. Ori Museum? Uh, he, got, he got his own museum? Yeah, yeah. Um, young, young, jazz, young white guy who's into jazz, who was of means, he bought the house and he restored it and he's got all his memorabilia. But once again, they, they got the end up with all our stuff. Huh? That's right. But so, so he has tours, just like the Whitney Plantation. So I, I, got, I, I got, you know, my relatives at the Whitney Plantation at the, and at the Ori Place. <laughs> I'm good and black from Africa, yeah. <laughs> you got, you got kids from all the plantations. Yeah, the house, right. Uh-huh, huh? yeah. But that's a lot to be proud of. Oh, I am. I really am. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we know him and that my children were able to know. Uncle Dirt. Yeah, Uncle Dirt. Now, you, you, you played in a sorority in college, too? I'm AKA. Oh, AKA? Not a Delta? No. <laughs> but you know, when I came back home, I wanted to be more involved than, you know, than, than a, a program. That's when I did the Louisiana League of Good Government. I did law. I just wanted to be down in the trenches. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have time for that. I had two little toddlers, and you know, I was teaching, and I had a husband who was, you know, gone all the time, so I had to be home with my children. So I had to make choices. But I'm still loyal to AKA, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now what made you choose yeah. AKA over the Deltas? Well, I guess because okay. I, my mother had friends who were AKAs, and my sister pledged AKA. She was a year ahead of me. It's all in who you're friendly with at the time. Yeah. I mean, they all, they're both good. They're both great. Mm -hmm. But uh, so you, 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 was a, you, you was a high stepper? Uh-uh. I was, yeah, but I remember the line, in fact, Ronnie Burns' mom, I, t I tell him all the time, we were online together. Yeah. And I'll never forget, was, a girl took a whisk broom and brushed it across my face and I almost gave up, <laughs> you know. And, and I guess the dean of pledges must have said, look, something's wrong with her. 
she, she, she's not worthy to be AKA to do something cruel like that. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you know, you know Winston Bourne? Oh yeah, no, that's best Mark's buddy. That's Mark partner. Huh? Yeah, okay, that's my friend. Oh really? Yeah, Winston, Winston, I've been knowing you a long, good guy. Really well, he, good guy. well, look, whenever Mark's in town, he's he's I with me. I mean, they've been running for years. But you know what I got to tell Mark? Look, when you come to see me, it's one on one. <laughs> you and me. <laughs> I don't want no input from nobody else. You, just me. No, I, I love your people, I love Winston and all the rest of them, but leave them at home. You come to see yeah. Mama, huh? He come once in a while, but don't bring him every time you come. Mm -mm. It's just you and me, and we really enjoy each other, Mark and I do. In fact, all my children, I have a good relationship with them, not just talking about family stuff, but we have interests alike, you know? Oh, that's good, dude. Mm. You, you put a lot into your children. Mm. You oh, yeah, they, I enjoy them so much. And they love their mama. Mm. And they love their daddy. And they love each other. Mm. Oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. So, well, there's anything else? We're going to talk about your book anymore or something? Well, I want to tell you why I wrote the book. Okay. Tell about you. After I had lost everything, oh, I was grieving so bad at Cherie's house. I'd lie in the bed and I'd say, oh, God, all my memories are gone. And I would think about one event. And I went into detail. I mean, I was like creating a dream. And the next morning, I'd get up and put it on a computer. I want my children to know this story. And so every night, I would think about a story and put it on a computer. When I had 15 stories, I said, well, I got a book here. Oh, okay. So this, I knew that um, I have written everything. When you teach school, I mean, I have written proposals. I have written for grants. I have written. Uh, uh, for newspapers I've written all, but I've never written for people's pleasure. So I took a course at LSU. They had a course on memoir writing. So when I signed up, it didn't make because not enough people signed. I said, oh Lord, I need somebody to guide me how to make this interesting to people. So the teacher who was supposed to teach the memoir course was teaching a course in creative writing. I said, well, this, this could help me. I took the course, loved it. They had journalists. They had fiction writers, they had all kinds of writers, and we all had to make a presentation. And when I made the presentation about what I was gonna put in my book, they applauded me. So I said, well, I'm gonna ask this teacher if she can look at what I've written and give me some pointers how to make it really appealing to people. So I met with her like once every two weeks. I had written all the stuff. And she would say, well, you need more dialogue here. Oh, what time of year was it? You're letting them into your life. So you want them to experience it all. Was it summertime? There were a lot of flowers. Did you have a nice garden? Mm -hmm. You know, who? Bring who, it to life. Yeah, right. So she helped me with that. We met every two weeks, and I had a whole lot of stuff. And I had so much stuff, she said, you must have about a thousand pages. That's not gonna work. We gotta shave this what, down. You had written that much? That's right, all the details. Just, just writing about just, stories you want to share with your children. No, but uh, I was grieving. I was trying to heal myself. And that, that's what it did. It, it helped to heal me. So after we met, you know, so many times and we got it down to what was real, you know, 
She said, your words are wonderful. Let's just put them on paper. They're good coming out of your mouth. So when we had gotten it down, the next thing was to find a publisher. So she had some contacts. So my friend Rosemary James, who used to write for the state's item paper here, I knew her through my husband. She has a conference every year. And she has writers and uh, publishers and agents that come. She said, Sybil, why don't you come uh, and submit your, submit your, your, trans your manuscript to compete? So I did. So in the memoir thing, I didn't win. I got second behind the winner. I got mentioned, honorable mention. So that gave me not any money, but it gave me a chance to meet with five people, two publishers, two agents, and then another one. I don't remember what he was. So we met with them, and they had read the book, and they gave me pointers, you know. So one of them, the one I, who, who was really an agent, he was a big shot, Rosemary told me. He said, well, you know what, it's interesting, but um, you need a ghostwriter. I said, you know what? I'm the ghostwriter, and it's done. So, You're the ghostwriter. That's right, it's done. So he said, well, you ever get to New York? I said, yeah, my son lives there. He said, well, next time you get to New York, call me. So I did. I, I made a point to get to Mark soon. <laughs> I called him, and I said, I'm here. Can I meet with you? He said, yes. I met with him, and he said, you know, I, I read your whole book. And I must apologize because it's well written. It's a good story. Let's see if we can find a publisher for you. I have a lot of contacts. So I mean, I you know I tried with the Boston, uh, you know, with with the noted historical publishers and so forth. But then one of them from North Carolina. Blair Publishing called me on the phone. She said, is this Sybil Haydell Montreal? I said, yes. She said, I read your book and so has my staff and I want to order you a offer you a contract. It's a wonderful book. So it was, you know, thanks to Rosemary exposing me, yeah. So they published it. You came out in second, but yeah. you still won. That's right, that's right. So. The sad thing is that the person who did their marketing, who would be the contacts for me to go do a reading, her husband got a job in another city and she left. And her replacement didn't know what she was doing. So guess who did my marketing? You. My children. All their people, all their friends. Mark did two parties, one at his house and one in New York at one of his lawyer friends' uh, law firm. Um, Cherie, did three. She had a friend in, in St. Louis. Uh, I forget where they were. But, they, but it was a party. It was a book reading party, you know, that have people at. And what my publisher would do is let me know where the party is. I will find a bookstore in that city and somebody will come with books to sell. So in every city, a bookstore came, set up. After I did the reading on my book, they all bought the book. That was my children's marketing. You know, Jacques 
it, it, he went to the University of Chicago and then he went to Harvard, so it was his friends there who were successful, who had friends. Cherie, all of them, they, were, they sold my book all over the country, you know, just their friends. My mother wrote a book, it's, you, you'll like it, uh, buy it and see if you'll do a party for her. And they said, oh yeah, we'll do a party for her. And they'd invite their friends and the bookseller would be there. You know, my, my publisher would arrange that. So thank God for my children. <laughs> they, made, they helped make this happen. Oh yes, they did. Now, how long did it take you to write that book? Eight years. Eight years? Well, because I was in Baton Rouge grieving. I mean, it was cathartic. It saved me mentally, you know. I said, oh God, I lost all that. I don't have any pictures, you know. I had put together some pictures. I had a picture of me with the Pope. And, you know, a picture with Martin. It's a, a precious picture that person who's doing a, a documentary on Mark wants it. Martin did a party for the, my friend that he used to date when she got her master's degree. So Martin and his roommate had a party for Jean. And there we are, and then Martin's sitting on the floor, and there we are around him. So it presents Martin in a very different oh, okay. perspective, right. you know? So my friend Jean had the picture. She sent it to me, and we used it in the book. <laughs> oh, okay then. So everything, everything started falling together, you know? You don't give up. I, was, I needed that. I, I, I had to heal. I was so, this is my family, in the backyard. Mm -hmm. no, let me find Martin. And when my husband died, we, oh, and I did a, when I was at Xavier, I did a documentary about integration the of the public divided. schools. That's right. Okay. And I, 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 I was divided. That's eh? yes, right. Let's see, there's me with the Pope and with Margaret Thatcher and with Andrew Young, oh, and Norman Francis. Matt Gavis' wife, Burley Evers, that day, yeah. But let me find Martin. It's me with John Scott, because we did the Afro-American Pavilion at the World's Fair. And so we were named Spectator. When it was in Louisiana, I mean, New Orleans? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, went, it was wonderful. See, that's when it went broke, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. We did go. We ran broke, too. I mean, all the people that I had called in to help, we all had to get us out of debt. But they, they, they willingly did it, you know? See, that, that call, they spent so much money on oh, that. Oh, Lord, yeah. This, this, this at the inauguration. Oh, who, who, who is he kissing? <laughs> Me. <laughs> that's, that, that's that poodle look. <laughs> Wait, where's Martin? Yeah. Probably the front. Yes. Oh, this, this is uh, Whitney Plantation. Oh, okay. I'll put that in there. Also, uh, after my book was had, went into print. Hey, Matthew. Are you guys still Okay. Come meet the people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is uh, Dutch with Mark and Jack when they were little boys. He was in the legislature. So he's pointing to how when he presses the button, how his vote comes up on the, on the wall. Yeah. Uh, 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 with his Ooh, where is that picture? It must be in the back, because it, 
You in with that picture? This is me and Mark and Obama. Oh, okay. I look like I'm sitting on a chair. I'm so sh short next to Obama. Now you should know where Martin picture at without thinking about it. You should know it's on page 35 or something. Let's see. It just, it just p puts Martin in a different light, sitting on the floor, smiling. So like, he, not like our, his humanity. He's human, yeah. When, when, he, when, he, when, he, when he with his people in a comfort zone, mm -hmm. this is how we do it. Uh. Yeah. He with his family. Oh, shucks. Also, guess what? We, they printed 5,000 hard copies. They're all gone. They may have a few around with distributors. It's in paperback now. So your book done quite well. You must be proud of yourself. Thanks for my thanks for my children who. But the book had to be pretty good too. They enjoyed it. Have you read it? No, I it's, haven't read it, but I good, will read it. It's a good read. It really is. Well, people tell me that they started and stayed up all night finishing it. <laughs> so you, you did you know you had that in you? Now that's Martin with Dutch oh, and my father. Okay. He was here, and this is uh, my father. Ooh, that's, you know, that's an old picture. Mm -hmm. I'll take a picture of this one here. And this is Dutch. Come meet the people. Introduce yourself. <laughs> How you doing? Nice to meet you. What's your name? Matthew. Hey, Matthew. Hey, Matthew. Nice, nice to, meet to meet you, you young man. She has a lot to talk about. Oh, she, yeah, she, yeah I mean, we talk all the time. She, we mm -hmm. do. What is this? Mm -hmm. what is, is this your book? Mm -hmm. well, I want to show you the picture. Have you read it? Yeah. All right. Oh, now. yeah, I gave it to him right away. I read it all right. It's Martin on the floor. Oh, okay. Let me get that picture there. And this is me and Gene, yeah. Talking about what, just? He, we were here, he had a party. From, he dated my friend. Who's he? Martin Luther King. <laughs> you didn't know that? I mean, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I mean, y'all were in the, the circle together. I mean, mm -hmm. we were Dutch worked with him multiple mm -hmm. times. No, 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 before this, oh. he went to college with him. Yeah, so. You got it? Yes, ma'am. So, so Grandma was rolling. But this, she, this is me. She, she, mm. might, she might used to date him too. I don't know. She didn't tell the whole story. <laughs> and that's Martin. She don't want, she don't yeah, want a friend. I can, yeah, wow. Mm -hmm. So he had a party. Y'all thought that was cool? Like wearing those kind of clothes back in the day? Oh, yeah. This, this was a felt, kind of a felt skirt with a poodle on it. That's, <laughs> that's before your time. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Who's that? You remember that's that my was? friend Mabel. Yeah, she lived in Boston. That's Ken. He was from uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma. Oh, you remember all that? My friend Gene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, where was Gene from? Uh, Camden, South Carolina. Carolina. I mean, her memory is sharp as ever. Uh, but she spent her adult life in Charlotte, and she was important in the arts. She was a music major. Do you remember what kind of camera did they have to take? Like, I don't remember. You don't remember? Mm -mm. Do you remember this picture being taken? Or mm -hmm, I do remember. Mm -hmm. uh, That's probably Polaroid. Mm -hmm. When was this picture taken? This Back in I mean, 1952. 50? 1953? 1952. Because Martin graduated in 1950. He got his PhD. So he got his PhD at the time. When I got my master's, he got his PhD. And that had to be pretty good to hang out with, with but you, nobody knew his greatness the way he was going. Well, we knew he was great when we heard his sermons. You know, the young but man how, like, preaching what do you mean like you that. Knew he was great? Because he's, 
he stirred us. He moved us. He touched us. what he said. Yeah, and what he said. You know. And, and the way he, the way words would just roll off his tongue. I'm, yeah, just gifted, a gifted speaker. Hmm. But he, even in his old, he was a short man. But when he spoke, he, he was ten feet tall. Yeah, he had he had a deep that voice. That voice helped him, I bet. Yeah, he had a deep voice, and he he was very 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 intellectual. He read a lot. Yeah. In fact, he learned from uh, Gandhi about nonviolent. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's the story you always tell. Yeah. Uh huh. And he stuck to it. And he said, don't be afraid, it's gonna work. You know, everybody, these young people, the whippersnappers were saying, no, that's too slow. You know, you're behind the times. And he said, this will work. But he didn't tell them not to do what they were doing. Okay, now, when people like him, Malcolm X, and the different people was over there, all these other organizations like H. Rap Brown, you knew H. Rap Brown? I did, yeah. You knew H. Mad Rap Brown? I not met him, you know, on one occasion, yeah. And uh, like, uh, what the, whoever was over? Snick, yeah. You know, uh, um, Black Panther, so all of so Stokely Carmichael. So Stokely Carmichael. So mm -hmm. you got a chance to meet all those guys? Yeah, just, just on, on, you know, at, just meet him, period. Yeah, not like I knew Martin. Because I mean. everybody was just moving in, in the same In the same circles. circles. Yeah, we'd see him at conferences, you know. Because mm -hmm. we all, everybody was looking for answers. Mm -hmm. And everybody was doing their part. And, and Dutch always felt, and Martin always felt, that everybody who contributes in their own way is all important because it all comes together to make, bring about change. Now, you may be uncomfortable with those, you know, out in the street, but the picketers in front of the stores are important. The sit-in students were important. Um, even things that were more, that were kind of violent, all that contributed to change the, the thoughts of white people and to unite black people. Now, I'm asking this question. <clears throat> Are you at a place now in your life, or let's say a place, the stage, when you think about it, did you really care about what they think now? You know, I mean, I mean where, where are you, like, what, did they, do that really matter what these people think of me or the, they're, they're sorry. I mean, I mean, but, you know. I mean, but do that really matter? No, you, you, you're nothing. You, you're nothing in God's sight. I mean, I'm not one to judge who God should, you know, be looking at. But you got the problem, not us. You, you made it hard for us, but we have overcome. Yeah, we, we strong people. Well, we, we, we have overcome. Why do we keep saying we go? We, we'll overcome. Huh? Well, we ain't there yet, you know. No, they're just scared we're gonna be there. <laughs> That's what they're afraid of, and we might treat them like they treated us. Yeah, but unfortunately, we're mm. not that way. We wouldn't do that. No, we no. treated we hard on each other than we yeah. hard on other people. Mm. So we got to we got to do something about that. Now. We Don't need to look. Take joy in your success, you know. So the so the um, the book can be bought online. You just Google me. Google who? who Sybil Hydell. Just Sybil Morial and all that will pop up. And, get, and you can still get a, a wonderful copy of this this book. What about a signed copy? Just bring it here. I'll be glad to sign it. <laughs> really, if you're, when you're in town, I'll be glad to sign it. You're going to be glad to sign it. People, all, all my friends and acquaintances, you know, will call and say, I, I bought your book. I want you to sign it.
And it, it makes it, it's a good feeling I too. I said, huh? yeah, I said, well, come on, I'm home today. Mm-hmm. So that, you look forward to that subject. Oh yeah, but, they, but it is a good read. I have to say so myself. And thank God for my editor. You know, she is the one that helped me to make it so such easy reading, to get captivated in the story. Mm. So you, you learned how to write. Yeah, for so, people's pleasure. All right. So now we're going, we're going to get in, at ninety. We're going to get another book. Uh, I don't think so. Oh well, we were, yeah. I was working on a book, and a, a sad thing happened. I was working on a family food book. I collected close to 50 recipes from my mother, my grandmother, my mother-in-law, my niece, all in the family. And all my children cook, you know why? Because when they were teenagers, and they each had a day to cook. No limits on what you cook. You pick your own recipe and you cook it. And so they competed. And the, the person who cooked sat at the head of the table and waited for the comments, you know. Okay. And Jacques, who was young then, he cooked the most expensive, I didn't care. Uh, he cooked veal Oscar, which is baby veal cutlets, which are not cheap, with crab meat and hollandaise sauce. We did it be. But they all competed. So today, Jacques is a gourmet cook. He's got his own herb garden. And when I was sick and had to be on low sodium, he brought me a gourmet meal every day. Tell Jacques, you're not feeling too good. You huh? bring us a meal. <laughs> Look, and every now and then he'll surprise me. He'll call and say, I'm on my way. I got, got something for you. Ring, you know, come. He's got the key now. You gave Jacques the key? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Something happens, you got to That's have right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you say Mark don't have a key? Mark has a key. Uh, no, I think Mark lost my key. You, know, lost, we, you don't get another one, you lost his own I know, I'll give him another one, but he, he <laughs> probably left it in New Jersey where he lived mm-hmm. when he came here and didn't have it. Yeah, <laughs> but he always said, Mom, I'm on my way, okay. Uh, so, but Jack, you was telling us about the, the who who won the contest, uh, the cooking contest. We didn't talk about that. We didn't that. talk about it. No, they were all, I told them they were all, all wonderful. Good. Yeah. So they all cook. But Jack is. So but now, now you, got to, you got to give Jack the credit. Oh, absolutely. They all know. No, they all. <laughs> Anytime he's got his own herb garden, he said, Mama, the ones you buy kind of are dried. It's not like a fresh herb that you just cut out of the garden and then you come put it in your dish, yeah. He's a great cook. He likes it. But I had to tell my doctor, I said, look, he's a University of Chicago Harvard, Harvard educated guy who just likes to cook. <laughs> <laughs> so he's more to him than just cooking. That's right. That was great. Mm. Well, we I see where you say, you talked about, you got a book of the Armistead. What is this book about? Mark gave us that when, I think that's the one. That's about the Amistad revolt. The the, the oh. ship, the the uh, Africans ro- revolted against the white captain. That's how they get the name. That's, that's where they got it from. From this Amistad. incident called the Amistad incident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Miss Silver Hydell Moria, we truly enjoyed this visit. Our sit-down conversation. 
And I am so honored. <laughs> well, I enjoy talking about it because I'm proud of my heritage. Uh, because I know we, we came from the wilds of Africa. Each generation moving up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we strong people. We're yeah. black people have overcome. We come, we come from great people. That's right. You come and, from the Wolof tribe. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. that's, the, that's part of the Mandango tribe. Mm -hmm. and yeah, right. Everybody, In Silicon. Everybody know who the Mandangos mm -hmm. are. Well, you read it. Uh, oh, so I, I was about to tell you this. After the manuscript, after they were printing it, I, my cousin had done the research on our family because we had a, a family. Uh, now, who was the cousin? Belmont Hydell, who now lives in New Jersey. He's got a PhD. Um, so um, I called up my publisher and I said, Stop the presses. I mean, that sounds so dramatic, but I really meant because it was in it was being printed. I said I got another chapter. The chapter was on my heritage. Oh, you had to add that to your oh, book. Oh, absolutely. How you gonna close? How you gonna close your that, book? That's out chapter that? nineteen. So I had written it. She said, "Send it. It's not too late." So it was about Anna from Senegal. It was you know, all the way down the line, Victor. <laughs> cousin Sadie. So, so, so you stopped? Uh, stopped the stop presses because we got to include that. Yeah. I mean, that sounds so corny, but they had to, they, it, it was being printed. I said, just stop. I'm, this is about the middle of the book. <laughs> so it's chapter 19, I think. Mm -hmm. So you stopped the pretty press. That's right. And, and the story is in my book. Yeah. So that, that worked out well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just in time. Because now you're still grand, great grandchildren going. Oh, no. read about their well, my children, I gave each one of my grandchildren a copy of the book. They read it from cover to cover. They loved it. That's, that mm -hmm. says a lot. And then some, some of them were young. Now you said you said Mark have a book out now? Yeah, it's called The Gumbo Coalition. That was his theme when he ran for mayor. And by the Gumbo Coalition, Gumbo, you know, put, put everything in it. You put meat, you put oysters, you put shrimp, you, you know, all that. So in his, all, all his people who worked for him when he ran for mayor, they were blacks and whites and Hispanics and poor and rich, and it was a, a, a mix of all kind of people. The Gumbo Coalition, that's what he called, that was his theme when he ran for mayor. That's the title of his book. Now, now, now we learned from Brother Ibrahim Sek that gum, gumbo, 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 yeah, that come from Senegal. Is 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 Africa for the word okra? Okra, that's what they they brought okra to this country. The slaves brought oh, yeah. okra to this country. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. who, who was cooking for the white folks? The, the Africans were cooking for the white folks. I mean, the slaves were cooking. They do it. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, but now they they the great all the great chefs. Oh yeah. Areas. Well, you know, um, my cousins, my cousin who is a little older than my children, married a chef, a white man from Boston. And she said, you, uh, you will make it if you come to New Orleans. I'll introduce you to some people. He came to New Orleans, he is a fabulous chef. He doesn't have his own restaurant yet, but he will one day have his, uh, his own restaurant. Where he works at now? At, he's at Biblos now, which is uh, Middle Eastern uh, type food. Mm -hmm. 
but he was working at some restaurant on Magazine Street. There are a lot of good restaurants on Magazine Street, small but great. Right, well, mm -hmm. I like Magazine Street. So he's, he's eventually, I think, gonna probably have his own restaurant. He's, yeah, he's still young. He's got a young family. Anything else now before we close this? Now you, you go. No, I think you got it all. I don't think I got it all. I got well, if you want to come back another time, if you know. Well, we can do it. We can do another segment. Mm -hmm, I'll do okay. another segment. <laughs> I mean, you might say, oh, you said this, but I want to know more about that. Oh, okay then. <laughs> Something tickling my throat. <clears throat> I don't have COVID. I did have COVID, though. Yeah, you and did. let me tell you, I just, I wasn't ailing, but I had a strange cough. I know my body, and I had a strange sore throat. It wasn't that bothersome, but I said, this, this is not right. So my doctor is in the clinic only on Wednesday, and this was Friday. I said, oh, you're waiting that long. Mm -hmm. I went to urgent care, which is right up the street, tested positive. He said there is a treatment where they infuse antibodies in you, since you came early, I think it'll help. He sent me to the hospital immediately. I got the infusion, which took about half an hour in the hospital. Came home, he said, quarantine for 10 days. Totally quarantine, don't even let your children come in the room with you. Don't let them come in the house without a mask. Now they are, I was vaccinated and boosted, and so are they. But he said, total quarantine. In two and a half weeks, I was negative. So I tell anybody, if anything is strange, it's not a normal sore throat, or you know, you have shortness of breath or something like that, see about it. And the earlier you get treated, the better off you'll be. You won't, you won't well, go. I need to know, how, what was the age of your mother and father when they transitioned? My f mother was 90. Because oh, you got some good genes. That's right, and my daddy was 86. I think he worked himself to death because he kept working out even when he was an old man. I would be praying for him, you know, when he'd be back in the car out in the middle of the night. And I said, my daddy shouldn't have to be working like this. But that's how dedicated this was. If if it was an emergency and his, some patient went to the hospital, he was he went up there. So. But I think he came from good stock too. You know, he was a farm boy. Yeah, because yeah. As, I, as I sit and just and, and admire you, I mean, just the, your physical health is great. You know, I'm not, you're not frail looking, you're not, you just you look strong and vibrant. But I have some challenges, but I take care of them. I, my, my, we all got challenges. Yeah. I mean, my doctors know they. I have their cell phones. You know, they say, <laughs> call me. I'm, cause one time I went to I went to this Mexican restaurant with my granddaughter, Matthew's sister, and I had a tickle in my throat, like something was didn't go down. I kept coughing and swallowing, drinking water. So I went to urgent care, and I said. I think I've aspirated something into my lung because it doesn't feel right. So he said, well, I'm going to send you to an emergency room, but I'm not going to send you to Turo because you're going to be waiting three hours. I'm going to send you to University Hospital. Who's your doctor? I said, well, I can give you my 
cardiologist or I can give you my primary care. Who's your cardiologist? He called him. He was waiting in the ambulance section waiting for me. You know, what's wrong? I came here to see about you. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Oh, he, he's wonderful. He just marvels at my good health and my good wits. And he's read my book. In fact, a friend of mine went to his office and my book is on it in the waiting room. So she, she said, I found your book in Dr. Smart. His name is Dr. Smart. Can you believe that? <laughs> I found it on, uh, on you know, on the table. in the waiting room. So I told my doctor that. He said, he says, everybody ought to read that book. They need to know that history. This mm -hmm. old white man. But guess what else? He, 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 just in conversation, he said he used to be at St. Luke's in Houston. I said, well, you know, my roommate's husband, I was in their wedding, was at St. Luke's. Did you happen to know him? His name was Jack Norman. Oh, I knew Jack Norman. Can you believe that? This is a white man, he knew Jack Norman. He said, Jack Norman did some experiment on a pig's heart and discovered some way to do something that everybody, all our cardiologists are using. So I said, well, I was in his wedding. He said, oh, goodness, small world. Mm -hmm. but, but you've been, your, your travel, your journey has been very enlightening and rewarding. Oh, it has. I and, mean, and that's what your book brings forward. And then I tell my children, they can do the same thing but their lives if they make it, you know, unselfish. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they help others. Even if, even if it's going to, on Thanksgiving, going to the, where the sheriff serves food to the poor people. Go help out. My children will go do that. So the number one thing sound like to me, which you keep reiterating, is you have taught your children to serve. And I've showed them by and doing it myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, I'm so proud of them. It's, you know, they're really, they're really good people. That's, that's a powerful statement for a mom mm. to say that. Yeah, they really are. Mm -hmm. And the grandchildren are walking in the steps. The same two. thing, that's right. Mm -hmm. All of them. Two football stars at, in Baton Rouge. <laughs> Rouge yeah. yeah, but... Because well, the dad couldn't play at all. He played just two years. But, but, he, but he couldn't play. He, could, he no. thought he was a linebacker. You know, mm. he, couldn't, he couldn't hit nobody. But he did uh, play. He did, good, he did play two years. years. But they're supposed to be good because their father was good. Mm -hmm. And he's the assistant athletic director at, at LSU. Mm -hmm. So they've been going to football games since they could walk, you know. Oh yeah, and they've been right on campus the whole time. That's right, went to school, right. And But they say that the, the caliber of athletes that they are is remarkable. And the fact that they're good students too, because those schools that are caught them, they don't want no dumb football player, you uh, know, uh, that, not, that are not going to, you know, make it academically. Mm -hmm. But the mom and dad have done an awesome job of preparing them. Mm -hmm, yes. And grandma too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they, Grammy. It's <laughs> <laughs> so nice whenever I just send them a little note. Grammy was so good to hear from you. <laughs> or oh, thank you for wish, wishing me happy birthday or, you know, something. They just... Kids and know what to do. Austin and what other one? Is? Austin and Jaden. Jaden, yeah, Austin and mm. Jaden. Mm. So you got to be proud. You're a proud grandmother of all your oh, grandchildren. Oh yeah, all of them. And uh, Mark's children, 
His son is at University of Pennsylvania where he went to school. And Mark said he selected that. He did not try to influence his son. He said, you, you go where you want to go. Because Mark played football and basketball in high school. I know that and when he went to Penn, he played football that first year. But he said after that last game, he said, I didn't come here to play football. I got to be an honor student, you know, if I want to get in law school. So he didn't go out for the football game in his sophomore year, you know. Because he, he played at a... He was at Jesuit. He went to Jesuit. He played football and basketball okay, yeah. at Jesuit. Now, let me see, where Burner was at? St. Aug. Huh? Who? Uh, Winston Burner. Oh, yeah, at St. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. But they were all best of friends. They, yeah. Were, mm -hmm. yeah, they all run together. Well, yeah. once again, we just enjoyed this. Uh, well, I've enjoyed, I've, enjo I've enjoyed talking about it because you know, for me to reminisce, because God, that was a horrible time in my life where my house wasn't livable. You know, I had children. I was, well, fortunately, I had retired five months before Katrina. You had just retired? I had just retired. That's right. Thank God I did. Um, oh, because you got your retirement, because if not, you would have been in That's trouble. right. That's right. I wouldn't have been working, and I wouldn't have had any income from my retirement. Mm -hmm. So it all worked out. You know, I was driving in town to watch what the uh, contractor was doing. Because I know one thing, um, they had an old architectural rendering, and I had wanted a ramp up to my back window, my back door, yeah, through the side yard. Wooden, you know, that's temporary, because I was, I got a bad back, but that's, that's in the Heidel family. <laughs> okay. So I kept thinking, oh God, suppose they put that cement thing back there, you know, put, put a concrete rather than a wooden thing that you could just take down. So I was coming twice a week to be sure. I said, y'all looking at those plans? I want it just like that, you, you know. You, mm -hmm. you planned it that way for a reason. That's right. So we didn't put it up anyhow. I said, look, I can go up one step because it's just one step. To the, the door on the side, yeah. Now, now you got to tell us, what do 90 feel like and what do 100 look like? I feel like I'm 60 years old. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I... I you can I, jump up right out the, straight up out the, out the, off the couch. But now, you know what I do every day? I stretch. I had a, a video <laughs> with the stretching. That old, it makes all the difference to the world. I wake up in the morning and hump it over. The people at uh, physical therapy taught me how to strut with my cane. They said, look, you gotta stand up straight. Strut, oh, strut with your cane, yeah. That's right, and they said, this cane is this leg that's not moving. Just walk like that. <laughs> and so I'm upright, and I got my fancy cane, my, my cool cane, and I think of that all the time, that you gotta strut. And it's the right, it has to be the right height. It has to be this level, with your, with your elbow bent. Because I have a friend who is putting it down and he's all humped over. I said, yeah. I said, I told his son, I said, this cane is not the right height. He should be standing erect. They say, oh, well, he's got a trainer. A trainer don't know that. A physical therapist yeah. can tell you that. He, yeah. he's, still, he's still walking like this. Well, I'm walking like this. <laughs> <laughs> he's walking like a link, AKA. Uh, yeah, but that. plus it feels better. 
you know, when I'm up, when I'm upright. But, but, but you, you got that, you styling and profiling. You ain't just walking. No, that's you, right. You got a pimp, you got a pimp in your step. It, yeah, but it feels good. It feels better than like this. Right. Then you, you, you feel like an old lady. When yeah. You, 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 yeah, right. But uh, when my back is erect, I can feel the muscles, you know, it's good. I believe in physical therapy. I have had sciatica. I have had back surgery when I was 30 years old. Physical therapy can fix it, can fix what surgery would do. It's, it's just realigning and using the right muscles. I believe in them. I've been back three and four times. Mm. And they'll dry needle you, and then they do this and put you on the Look traction you got, table. You, you kicking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you live long enough, you learn a whole lot about your body and, so, so, and what works. So what's next? Uh, I know you got a boyfriend, huh? Oh, you think I want to take care of an old man? I don't want nobody who just know, just know how to make peanut butter and jelly. I want somebody to wait on me. I ain't taking care of no old man and no young man. I like it by myself. Get your old man with good credit. That's right. No, an old man does not appeal to me. Old man, I know, I know three old men. They can't get a meal. They don't even know how to go get, go pick up a meal at Dookie Chase. I mean, they wait, they want a woman to wait on them. That's what they're accustomed to. Oh no! I'll be by my damn self first. <laughs> I done got some story. Let me go and shut this down. <laughs> oh, goodness. but there's all these restaurants. You know, you can go buy wonderful meals that are reasonable. Just pick up. Just mm -hmm. go drive up and pick up. I go to Dukes. Particularly get your senior citizen discount. Huh? They, no, <laughs> don't know, but uh, that's why I got my pension. Okay. I, I know where to spend my money. You know. <laughs> well, uh, I, I like I like Willie Mays too. Hmm. I, I never. I, I was always loyal to. To Dukes. To Dukes. Yeah, yeah, because because yeah, uh, when Dutch was a young lawyer, Dukes Chase Mother was there. And she put Dutch on a retainer. Now that was unheard of with small business, small black businesses, you know. It wasn't much. But she said, I, I, I'm gonna pay you this retainer because you're my lawyer. So you'll be available if I need you. Mm -hmm. So, so he was, we were always loyal to Dookie. Mm -hmm. Dookie mm -hmm. Chase. Mm -hmm. now, what, what, what that other place on uh, Dizzy? Dizzy, yeah. Oh, I, I go there sometimes, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They, they, they have a, um, like a cafeteria line. Yeah, you can, oh, it used to be, used to be all you that think they'd have changed it around. Mm -hmm. Just now. go there with your plate and fill your plate up, you know. But I gotta give a shout out to my people at uh, Sweet Soul Food Vegan oh. Restaurant. Oh, I don't, off I don't. Of, off abroad. I ain't no vegan, vegan. I'm a meat eater. I mean, but, I mean, but I'm telling you, when you go there, you, wouldn't know the, you won't know the difference. The mm -hmm. food is good and they're going to be doing the October Festival this year, uh, the vegan October Festival in New Orleans. Are they black on? Yes. No. Yes. Well, and, I and, and, the, and you, you have to go. You have to go. And just tell them I sent you, you're going to get your first meal free. <laughs> so what's the name of it? Sweet Soul Food off Sweet. Broad. Okay. I'll find out. Uh, the last name is Smith. Well, let me tell you, I, my granddaughter, Matthew's sister, who is a year older, She's at Yale right now. She's a vegetarian. She's not a vegan. She'll eat, she'll drink milk, and she'll eat dairy, you know. But, you know, she's all, she, she, she's so into climate change. 
that she checks my recycle trash. I have, you know, pull out a drawer and I got this garbage here in the recycle here. Grammy, you don't, you gotta recycle this. You don't recycle that, you know. She said, I said, well, she said it's important because in 2050, you're gonna be gone when this world implodes. I'll be just in my prime. She's really worried about it, you know? Mm. Well, I am too, because we, we, we're destroying ourselves. You know, they, they're making fun of Biden who's trying to do something about it all over the world. I mean, we can do what we want to do, but if they don't do it in India mm -hmm. and in China, we're going to implode. But they say but the United States is, has caused more damage than they, they're throwing away uh, more bottles, plastic containers, oh, and you know, we the one caused cause most no, of the... That's why you have to recycle. That's what my granddaughter, she, every time she comes here, she pulls it open and see, Grammy, if you're doing the right thing. <laughs> they talk about mm, the earth is getting hotter and... Yeah, you can feel that. And, but the thing, I, the, the issue I have is this year. When we was in school, it taught us that the whole earth was froze over, right? If it was frozen, when it started defrosting, we had nothing to do with that. It started on its own. Yeah. So it is well, defrosted, it is slowly defrosted on its own. We had no input on I it. Think, I think the, gas, the gases changed the whole atmosphere and made it hotter from the North Pole to the South Pole and all around. Mm -hmm. the, the temperature is just different. I mean... But as I'm saying, it was frozen. It, we had nothing to do with it starting to unfreeze. Well, I think the emissions into the atmosphere all over the and world... That don't help. No, I think it had something to do with it. Let me tell you, I, was, I went on a cruise to Africa, and we were cruising along the coast. What part of Africa you cruised in? I mean, not Africa, Alaska. Oh, Alaska. Alaska, Alaska cruise, okay. And we saw a big, mountainous... Ice. Ice. Iceberg. Topple into the water so heavy that it Come. rocked this big ship we were on. If that don't make you scared of well, I think climate you scared. change, no, I think we made it worse. <laughs> it was frozen, so that's mm -hmm. kind of like, okay, what well, No, anytime all the atmosphere is, it's, 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 it's getting to hotter climates at the North and the South Pole. I'm telling you, we, we have a lot to do with that. Right. You, you sound like you're a Trumper. What they got Trump, 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 I'm giving you perspective. Trump, <laughs> Trump, Trump, Trump don't, you know. I'm just, I'm just saying that. Well, he's telling the people, or they, you know, that there's no climate change. Well, I got nothing to do with no Trump. That's just a thought process I have. Okay. I, my thought process is that when I was in school, they taught us the earth, the earth was frozen. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I enjoy, I truly enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Ms. Maury, yeah, really, it just... I'd like to reminisce about it, too, you know, and I wish he was eavesdropping, you know, because oh. I might have said something that he's missed, yeah. Well, he's going to get a chance to hear it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're going to send it to him when we, get it, when we get it out. You'll be able to send it right to him, his mm -hmm. phone, and he'll be able to listen to it. Okay. You talking about your grandson, Matthew? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Matthew, we're putting you on notice right mm -hmm. now. Thank you, Grandma, to make sure you don't miss this opportunity. Okay, well, Ma Martine needs to listen, too, because she, I mean, she really is afraid. I mean, she's really, really smart, like Jacques is. Uh, 
and she really, you know, believes that all these gas emissions and coal emissions and all that, she thinks it's just gonna, in time, it's gonna destroy the earth. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, but nobody knows what's gonna what nah. happen. Like she said, I'll be gone. Like I said, <laughs> when I was a young boy, the old folk told, told me back then the earth was coming to the end. And so that, that day come, that day coming because they spoke it. That's so right. Now, so now when is it gonna happen? Nobody knows. We don't know. So that's what we do know. But thank and I'd like to thank my dear friend, Dr. Joyce Jackson, for bringing me here. Well, I'm so glad, Joyce, to see you, yeah. Mm -hmm. you, 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 and to see a sorrow. Oh, no, you're a doubt. <laughs> you caught, she, That's caught good. Her, she caught herself. Uh -huh. <laughs> but would you still a sorrow in the, in the spirit of That's black sororities? Yeah. In the links. Yeah. And, and the links, of course, we sister links. So you're part yeah. of the Bad Rouge chapter? I was, but I'm back in the New Orleans chapter now. But I took alumnus status. The New Orleans chapter, the oldest one. Yeah, my mother was a charter member of it. I remember when they when they met. That's why. Yeah, yeah. So, but when I was admitted into the links, it was after I was active in the community. It wasn't because I was her daughter, you know, because I didn't want to be nothing because. You know, because I wanted to be something because I have contributed something, you right. know. And you have contributed a whole lot and still contributed. Well, and, and if everybody does their little thing, it's a little thing. It's, it's, it becomes a really huge thing. That's why, that's what I tell my children. I said, don't think it's not, that's not significant. You're doing that in, in your circle. Gonna win over but some you people. have so much life and energy. You need to be going out speaking to, to almost, you need to be doing, doing speaking to, you really do, you, you got know, so much. I remember my great grandmother, we called her Grandma Jones. She had white, white hair. She was a sassy old lady. I couldn't, I mean, I was, we, my sister and I were teenagers. And she'd come trucking down the road, in, the dirt road in, in, uh, in Waveland. She had this old house, she had this big yard with trees and no grass. If you know about the country, the, the ground is, is, is dirt. Uh -huh. She had blackberry vine on her fence. Uh, we used to go every summer, because it was two weeks from the Gulf of Mexico. We, my, my daddy would take us to swim in the, in the Gulf down the street. Mm -hmm. And we would have a picnic now. She had an old time house. It was almost scary like a haunted house. That's what we thought, you know. So we never went inside much because we had to, we brought tables that we set up. They brought food, you know, we, all kind of food. My mother's and my, my mother and my aunts. And we had a wonderful day there. That was Grandma Jones, who was 97 years old. Her sister was 101. She was 97. And she'd be, I'm telling you, she'd come to <laughs> strutting down the road. Well, yeah, we loved it. Where you get it from and she then? couldn't get my name right. She called me Silver all the time. I said, Grandma Jones, it's Silver. She said, I like Silver. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't argue with her, huh? No, no, wouldn't yeah. argue with her. Plus, she was Methodist, and the Methodist church was across the street. And she was like Andrew Young's. Mother, she, he, Andrew says, Mama had the key. Him and the, she and the minister had the key. Well, Grandma Jones used to do stuff over there. I don't know if she cleaned. Well, my doors talk, so I know which door. Somebody's coming in. He's probably opened the sliding door up there. 
What was I saying about Grandma Joe? You said, uh, oh, the church. She used to make the communion on her ironing board, and she was, she was in charge of the church. Now, she had a man who cleaned it up, but she was like the assistant pastor at the church, you know. And we weren't exposed to nothing but Catholic church, you know, so we were fascinated with what she, she did, you know. She said, you want, y'all want to come over and see what it looked like in a real church? <laughs> she was sassy as she could be. <laughs> She said, y'all ain't going to a real church. Right. The Catholic church ain't no real church. Right. Yeah. I said, Grandma, y'all don't say that. Y'all won't go see what a real church is. But she grabbed your interest, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, Grandma Jones was wonderful. Hey, Silva, come give me a hug. <laughs> so you was a teenager at the time? Oh, but no, I remember from the time I was 10 up. She always called me Silva. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get it right, even though I told her at one time, I didn't want to tell her another time because she'd sack me out. <laughs> we didn't mess with you, Grandma John. You, you knew I put a gold in there. Uh, you're right. Uh, uh, uh. All right, then. We, we going to shut it down this time? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm finished with story. All yeah. right, boss lady. <laughs> she the boss right there. But you know, you can do it like I tell my children. I said, you can be so classy and, and just put people off guard. You know, they they think you're gonna be a little meek lady, you know, because you're so proper. Catch, catch them off guard. Sorry, don't mess with me. <laughs> Just like that. Uh, yeah, you act all nice and sophisticated. Because that's the way I was raised. But let them know you don't play. No, I don't play. I'll say it just like that. Ooh. And it surprised. Didn't expect you to be like that. Well, that's a you're good such thing. a lady, you know. You're still a lady. And that's right. This lady don't play. I do not play. <laughs> well, thank you once again, Miss Silva. Oh, but wait, one lady who, where I used to go to the hairdresser, she lived uptown. I used to go get my hair cut. She called me Miss Sibia. Could get my name, Miss Sibia. <laughs> she had an extra syllable to that name. Mm, right? Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Couldn't get it. But thank you so much. We go. We gonna have to come back and do part two now. Don't 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 act like you don't know me when I call you. So. Okay. <laughs> so pronounce your last name for me. Azobra. Azobra. A Z. I thought so. A Z O B R A. Okay, Azobra. Okay. And thank you so much. And Joyce. Yes. Link Joyce. Yeah. Link Joyce. I like that. Link Joyce. Thank you so much and welcome. My pleasure. To make sure you catch every episode and support our podcast. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app by searching for Count Time Podcasts with L.D. Azobra. And or join Count Time's member list for weekly alerts about upcoming episodes. You can find that on the smartbrothermedia.com website. Click on Count Time Home, scroll down, and subscribe. Before we go, a little something from Harry Connick Jr. and Neil deGrasse Tyson. And I come that? from New Orleans. Uh -huh. we, we had a terrible time with uh, Hurricane Katrina oh. 10 years ago. Recently, I was uh, fortunate enough to spend some time with the folks in Houston uh -huh. after dealing with Hurricane Harvey, uh, Irma. 50 inches of rain. Yeah, I mean, so. 50, I, who, who, what is that? Yeah, that's what I'm 50, saying. 50, right. What, okay. what, is, what is going on? Okay, Earth is pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> no, these, these, are, these are shots across our bow. That's what they are. And... You know, what do scientists keep telling people, okay? And how long are you going to stand in denial of this? Mm. Uh, you know, wh what do we do as scientists? We, we 
look for objective truths in the natural world. That's what we do, that's all we do. And when, when we're in a position to establish an objective truth, it means all kinds of people did the research and they all get to about the same result. Then we can say, there it is, let's write this up. And the National Academy of Sciences creates a report what is the National Academy of Sciences? Signed into law by Abraham Lincoln in 1863, saying, I want a body of scientists to advise the, the, the government, the Congress and the president, when science matters to policy. Mm. They set it up for this purpose. Mm. And so when the documents come out and you have people say, well, I choose not to believe this, you don't have that option. Mm. That is not your luxury to say, oh, this conflicts with my politics or my... my, my or, and therefore, I don't like it. It's true whether or not you like it and whether or not you believe in it. Man can shackle the hand. The man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. Welcome to Count Time.